Folks, this is Rob Smith. It's Thanksgiving Day, and I thought in today's podcast, we would bring on my friend Rush Limbaugh. Rush is going to talk about the socialist beginnings of the Plymouth Colony in Massachusetts. Now, I want everybody to know that here in Virginia, where we had the first Thanksgiving, it was not a socialist concept in that Virginia was founded by a stock company for profit. But let me just have Rush tell you about the troubles that the Plymouth Colony had when they tried to live by the doctrine of socialism. Time for the traditional true story of Thanksgiving, written by me in my second bestseller, Two and a half million copies in hardback. See, I told you so. Chapter six, Dead White Guys, or What the History Books Never Told You. The true story of Thanksgiving. The story of the pilgrims begins in the early part of the 17th century. The Church of England under King James I was persecuting anyone and everyone who did not recognize its absolute civil and spiritual authority. Those who challenged ecclesiastical authority and those who believed strongly in freedom of worship were hunted down, imprisoned, and sometimes executed for their beliefs. A group of separatists first fled to Holland and established a community. After 11 years, about 40 of them agreed to make a perilous journey to the New World, where they would certainly face hardships but could live and worship God according to the dictates of their own consciences. On August 1st, 1620, the Mayflower set sail. It carried a total of 102 passengers, including 40 pilgrims led by William Bradford. On the journey, Bradford set up an agreement, a contract, that established just and equal laws for all members of the new community, irrespective of their religious beliefs. Where did the Revolutionary ideas expressed in the Mayflower Compact come from? They came from the Bible. The pilgrims were a people completely steeped in the lessons of the Old and New Testaments. They looked to the ancient Israelites for their example. And because of the biblical precedent set forth in Scripture, they never doubted that their experiment would work. But it was no pleasure cruise. The journey to the New World was a long and arduous one, and when the pilgrims landed in New England in November, they found, according to Bradford's detailed journal, a cold, barren, desolate wilderness. There were no friends to greet them, he wrote. There were no houses to shelter them. There were no inns where they could refresh themselves, and the sacrifice that they had made for freedom was just beginning. During the first winter, half the pilgrims, including Bradford's own wife, died of either starvation, sickness, or exposure. When spring finally came, Indians taught the settlers how to plant corn, fish for cod, and skin beavers for coats. Life improved for the pilgrims, but they did not yet prosper. And this is important to understand because this is where modern American history lessons often end. Thanksgiving is actually explained in some textbooks as a holiday for which the pilgrims gave thanks to the Indians for saving their lives rather than as a devout expression of gratitude grounded in the tradition of both the Old and New Testaments. Here's the part that's been omitted. The original contract the pilgrims had entered into with their merchant sponsors in London called for everything they produced to go into a common store.
and each member of the community was entitled to one common share. All of the land that they cleared and the houses they built belonged to the community as well. And they were going to distribute it equally. All the land they cleared, the houses they built, belonged to the community. Nobody owned anything. They just had a share in it. It was a commune. It was the forerunner to the communes we saw in the 60s and 70s out in California. And it was a com complete with organic vegetables even, just like the communes of today are. No, there's no question it was organic vegetables. Bradford, who had become the new governor of the colony, recognized that this form of collectivism was as costly and destructive to the pilgrims as that first harsh winter, which had taken so many lives. He decided to take bold action. Bradford assigned a plot of land to each family to work and manage thus turning loose the power of the marketplace. Long before Karl Marx was even born, the pilgrims had discovered and experimented with what could only be described as socialism. And what happened? It didn't work. They nearly starved. It never has worked. What Bradford and his community found was that the most creative and industrious people had no incentive to work any harder than anybody else unless they could utilize the power of personal motivation. But while most of the rest of the world has been experimenting with socialism for well over a hundred years, trying to refine it, perfect it, and reinvent it, the pilgrims decided early on to scrap it permanently. What Bradford wrote about this social experiment should be in every school child's history lesson. If it were, we might prevent such needless suffering in the future, such as that we are enduring now. The experience that we had in this common course and condition this is Bradford. The experience we had in this common course and condition tired or tried Sunday years that by taking away property and bringing community into a commonwealth would make them happy and flourishing as if they were wiser than God, Bradford wrote. For this community, so far as it was, was found to breed much confusion and discontent and retard much employment that would have been to their benefit and comfort. For young men that were most able and fit for labor and service did repine that they should spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children without being paid for it. That was thought injustice. Why should you work for other people when you can't work for yourself? What's the point? That's what he was saying. The pilgrims found that people could not be expected to do their best work without incentive. So what did Bradford's community try next? They unharnished the power of good, old, free enterprise by invoking the undergirding capitalistic principle of private property. Every family was assigned its own plot of land to work and permitted to market its own crops and products. What was the result? Bradford wrote, This had very good success, for it made all hands industrious, so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been. Is it possible that supply-side economics could have existed before the 1980s? Yes. Read the story of Joseph and Pharaoh in Genesis 41. Following Joseph's suggestion, Pharaoh reduced the tax on Egyptians to 20% during the seven years of plenty, and the earth brought forth in heaps. Well, in no time, the pilgrims found that they had more food than they could eat themselves. Now, this, this is where it gets really good. 
if you're laboring under the misconception that I was, as I was taught in school, they set up trading posts. They exchanged goods with the Indians. The profits allowed them to pay off their debts to the merchants in London. And the success and the prosperity of the Plymouth settlement attracted more Europeans and began what came to be known as the Great Puritan Migration. But this story stops when the Indians taught the newly arrived suffering and socialism pilgrims how to plant corn and fish for cod. That's where the original Thanksgiving story stops. The story basically doesn't even begin there. The real story of Thanksgiving is William Bradford giving thanks to God for the guidance and the inspiration to set up a thriving colony that socialism caused near starvation. The bounty was shared with the Indians. They did sit down. They did have free-range turkey and organic vegetables. But it wasn't the Indians who saved the day. It was capitalism and scripture which saved the day. As acknowledged by George Washington in his first Thanksgiving proclamation. So, folks, as Rush explained, in this country, we have been dealing with mealy-mouthed, leftist, goody-two-shoes, socialist for a long, long time. But we have persevered over them. And we now live in an incredibly productive country because of capitalism. And because of capitalism, we have tremendous wealth and a lot to be thankful for this day. So today on Thanksgiving, count your blessings, say your prayers to God for all you have been given, be mindful of others and their needs, and never forget that it's capitalism that has given us our great wealth and all the material things we are thankful for. Happy Thanksgiving. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should Cause it's turkey to eat So good That clapping's messing my head up, man huh?